Welcome to Spilling the Reality. I'm one of your hosts, Noelle Grasso, and I am here with my dear friend, Devin Sturgis. How are you this evening, Devin? Good. How's everybody doing out there? Hope you your are, day is going awesomely. Are you feeling mad pimpish today? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, the kind of day I had, I just wanted to brush it right off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish, I wish I could do that with my hair today. Or, or reach through the computer and smack people. <gasps> How good would that be? I they would need, they that. need to have that. They need to have like an Internet of Things device that hooks into your computer that somebody could just be like, and it actually like smacks you in the head. Well, they have things like if you have a pillow and somebody else has the pillow and you hug it, it glows. So you know there's a hug. Why can't there be a violent version of that? That's right. That's right. Just out and clocks you on. You punch you right in the nose. Be a big seller in Philly and New Jersey. Uh, of course it would. <laughs> the interesting topic that I have this evening is not one of our normal, everyday, regular things we discuss. It's not reality TV. It's not crazy news. But it's something that I had to cover because I got so many messages from people that watch the show saying, are you guys going to talk about it? And enough so that I contacted you and I said, you have to watch this because I don't even know what I just watched and I watched it twice. And that is. I'm just gonna tell you. So one of the things that always creeps me out, right? I don't, I don't get creeped out by that much. But when I hear somebody who I know is just evil and crazy on a on a tape, like a like you don't see them, you just have like the tape of their voice talking. I don't know why that always freaks me out, but it does. Like completely freaks me out. Which was like half of this documentary. So thanks for that. First of all, you're welcome. And and then the other thing is, if I, if I remember right, the date of the first abduction was exactly one week before I was born. <laughs> and I don't know why that creeped me out, but it did. So. so for you guys wondering what Dev and I are talking about, we are talking about the Netflix documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight, which actually was filmed in 2017, but it made its way to Netflix recently where everybody in the world went, what the fuck did I just watch? Literally. Pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> Every single pretty much. So look, if you take all of the fake rumors about Vince Russo's bookings and put them together, then this documentary was worse. <laughs> I mean, literally. You're welcome, you Uncle Vince. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally take every match on a pole, <laughs> every finger point pin, every David Arquette match, <laughs> and throw <laughs> This is what you get. No so, matter what people pull out of their pants and shove in their opponent's face, it was not nearly as bad as this. Viagra on a pole is nothing compared to a uh, plain sight on Netflix. I'll give you guys a little background. For those of you who haven't watched it, pause right now. Go watch it. We'll wait. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> was that not the craziest shit you ever just watched? That was, wow. <laughs> you need to watch it again? Hold on, we'll wait. Wait. Welcome yep. back. Welcome back. It is exactly what you thought it was. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. And I did the same thing. I had to watch it twice. And then I had to go, what did I just watch? I have to have Devin watch this. Was it not like, so I, I always joke, like, you remember when we were traveling, I used to joke about the, the hand grenade jokes. Yeah. Sometimes you just throw it out there and you have to wait three seconds for the reaction to go off. Right. It was like the same kind of thing. Like you would, you would watch a part and you would you would keep watching and you have to pause it and back it up because it just started sinking into your brain what you just heard and then you had to hear it again for it to like sink in. 
And I've never watched a documentary. Usually they start slow where they go into, oh, so-and-so was born or blah, blah. Yeah, no. Within seconds, you're on a ride. You cannot get off. You cannot find the exit. And you're praying to God will end. That's basically what this documentary was. Right into it till the very end. And then at the end, you're sitting there like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Is there more? Yeah. What like what was this? You the way it was filmed was not like a typical like that way, like the documentary, the slow build into this, into the and it went so fast and so much happened and it was so quick paced. People have been asking for a sequel, or I'm sorry, sequel. A, not a sequel. Oh. A, like a behind the scenes kind of thing? Like a, a more flushed out version. Oh, a longer version, like an extended cut. But what they are going to do is they they decided to do a sequel. <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to be a more fleshed out version. Maybe so a different case or something? No, it's supposed to be the same thing. So look, you know this thing was going to be bad when it starts off with like the, like the semi-sinister, you know, America's Most Wanted music right on the title screen and it didn't stop. They played that throughout the whole thing, it seemed like. Yeah, it just literally went from, like you thought it was just the beginning music and it just sinister. It just kept going. There's like that sinister, generic music throughout the whole thing. So for you guys who haven't seen the documentary, even though we gave you two opportunities to watch it for those. You mean the third one? I mean, really, seriously. No, I'll fill anybody in that's that's missed anything with like kind of a brief, like a synopsis. Basically, on, and then we'll kind of like go into like we got to spoil some of it. There's only we can talk about it without like spoiler spoil alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. This is gonna happen, and we're gonna like, let stuff out. So, in uh, October 17th, 1974, is the date that this this basically the story itself really begins. And, and just just to clarify, October 24th, 1974. So feel free to send gifts. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. You sound like Nick G now. If you, uh, I'll review them. <laughs> where do you think he got it from? Yeah, I will. I will do an unboxing and a review in two separate videos. So there you go. <laughs> Twice the content, one gift. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. The problem with Nick G raised by wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> You're raised by wrestlers. You get That's the right. unboxing. The um, twelve-year-old girl named Jan was kidnapped by her next door neighbor and her parents' best friend, um, Robert Birchold was his name, but they called him B. Um, abducted in plain sight. It's a documentary. It's kind of like one of those stranger than fiction stories. Um, the neighbor is an absolute psychopath from Idaho. He's a member of their church. He has his own family. He has, what was it, Devin, four or five kids? He's got yeah. a like he has a pretty large family and um he kind of gets obsessed with the 12 year old girl that lives next door who end up being his the family best friends and then it kind of goes from there but it's not a normal abduction we're hunting for our child it's not a normal story in that in, in it that starts way. that way it starts out that way but it escalates into something I'll give you like a, a small example of some of the things in the film because I made oh, a, boy. I made a tiny list of things I couldn't believe I watched that all were in the same film. So you all have right, let's hear it. Not one abduction, but two. But same guy, same girl. Same guy, same girl. Right. Same girls. What was it? Two girls, one cup. Same abduction. <laughs> Whole different kind of messed up. But go ahead. 
still messed up on itself. Still no Coke bottles. Go ahead. You have death threats. You have arson. You have a pedophile. You have uh, a relation, an inappropriate relationship with both parents. You have a drugging. You have blackmail. You have an alien abduction, and you have bribery. <laughs> I mean, anytime you have alien abduction in that list, I mean, oh you, my god! You literally have these are all major points of abducted in plain sight. This documentary. And I've never, like, this is like Godfather level crime stuff in a Netflix documentary about some Mormons from Idaho. Like, think about this for a second. <laughs> like, would you uh, add all of that in one sentence? I, it's, it's, no, but when you, when you say it in one sentence and you didn't say what it was from, if you just said there's a movie out about Mormons, one of which um, had five kids um, and friends with an extra neighbor with a 12 year old and there was aliens and drugs and you know inappropriate relationships you would have known what it was about you would have known it was an abduction story if i saw this as not a documentary but a hollywood produced movie i would say it was bullshit <laughs> i would look at it and i would go who wrote this garbage right who wrote this crap is basically what i would say Except this is a real life story Except i i had the same thought the only reason that kind of pulled me back from that like even even with it you know not being a hollywood you, i still had this like well maybe this is like one of those like we're gonna pretend it's a real documentary but it's not you know blair witch-esque kind of thing but <laughs> The reason I, 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 you know, didn't totally believe that I thought it was real was that um, I don't know if Hollywood could come up with a story that messed up. I can't think of. I'm sorry, my light went out again. Everything. Um, I can't figure out anybody that would make that story a story because it's not. But, and then the other thing too is, and we can talk a little bit more about what happened. But back then. Like, okay, so now it's like somebody's being a little strange around a kid. Everybody's really hyper aware in a good way about that, right? Like if somebody's trying to contact your kid through some internet, you know, app or a game or some online game or something, you're going to be hyper aware of that and know it and like peel it back right before anything happens. Back then, I don't know how much like abduction was mainstream news and information. So I don't know if the parents caught on, you know, initially, I mean, later. Yeah. Yeah. But initially, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and we talk more about it. I mean, I do have a theory that I think the, the mom was maybe in on it. Oh, a bit. And yeah. You know, I have something to even counteract that because um, there is a segment that there's actually two segments that were left out of the film that involve the mom that might make you change your mind. Okay. So when we get to that, I'll, I'll tell okay. you what it is. Maybe the dad was in on it. Um, so, uh, let's start out with, um, the basic backstory of the whole thing. Um, this family next door had moved to town and they ended up going to the same church as the um, the uh, Broberg family, which is the family, it's a uh, father, mother Marianne. The father's name is Bob. So you know, just so everybody's aware, there's two Bobs, but they call Robert the abductor. They don't call him Bob. That could be a joke later. 
<laughs> so the father's Bob, the mother's Marianne, there's two other daughters. And then there is little Jan, who's 12 years old. She's the youngest out of the group. And they meet the Birchhold family at church. And even though um, B's wife is very reserved her to be this very outgoing, very happy person. Hi, how you doing? Um, loves kids, uh, you know, has this great family life and he's a Mormon just like them. And that religion, they base a lot of the goodness and things like that. Like they want to believe the best in people, even though that's not necessarily what it is. And people have to remember too, that the timeline we're dealing with, there was no internet. There was right. no large scale anything. I don't even think in 1970, it didn't happen until 1978, I think where kids were on milk cartons. I don't even think that was a thing yet. Right. You know, so this is time. Everything wasn't in your face like it is now. So they made the church and they become best friends with this family and they start doing things together, going on vacation together, um, having parties together. The kids would sleep on the trampoline out in the backyard together. Like they started becoming very close. But B, we'll just call him B for the rest of the thing, Virgil B, he's became a little bit too close to Jan, the youngest child. And that's when we start to have a problem. And the parents noticed it too. That's what got me is the parents did notice his closeness and were a little upset by that. But they didn't stop it because in their heads, he was a good Mormon man. And and I don't have anything against religion, and I don't. No, have right, but you're rolling it out the way they presented it, and then they went back and talked about what happened beforehand. Right. They pre this is how they presented it. Right. So I don't want people to think that this is from us. This is literally how the documentaries rolled out, and and you have to think that the two parents wanted to believe that he was that same type of Mormon that they were trying to be because he was so like them, and he was a family man, and and he was part of. They their were in the same kind of business. The two yeah, men he and business in town, just as um, Jan's father Bob ran. So they were not competitors, but he had a business, and so they were the same type of. They, they basically saw the same type in the other family as them. So um, he wanted to uh, take Jan horseback riding one night and she had piano lessons. And he said, um, well, I'll take her, pick her up from her piano lesson and take her to ride horses. And the mother said, well, as long as she's back for dinner time, I'm okay with it. You got to think, you know, you may let that that gentleman take your kid horse right <laughs> think about it this way he didn't say his kids weren't going and she probably assumed that Wouldn't you asked that what was that i'm sorry what did you ask that yeah i would but like you know you know that she's a little naive she doesn't see as much as uh, you know we keep telling the story we'll see how naive she is give her the benefit of the child mm -hmm. But I'm going to cave on her in a second. So, mm -hmm. so he takes her horseback riding and he does not return. And here's where I start to have a problem with the mother. He doesn't return and she, I would be worried, but she doesn't call the police. The wife comes over, they, they can't find this kid, they can't find her husband, the father's home now for dinner, they're not there. She waits three days to call the FBI to find her child. Right. I mean, would you not immediately have called someone when the kid didn't come home at dinner time? 
Oh, I would have I would have done that and then driven the path to wherever the horses were supposed to be. Like, I you know what I mean. And that's that's where I have a little bit of a problem. But just so everybody that hasn't do watched the documentary now, he's gone. And not only that, but by the time they call somebody to find him, the wife realizes that the motorhome that they had in a storage area is now gone too. So the daughter's gone. And the lady's husband's gone. And here's where we are. She waited three days to call the FBI. And now they're out looking for these, these two. And they're missing. So there um, is where we kind of start getting introduced to B's brother. This oh, guy. This guy. <laughs> if you've watched the documentary, this guy literally goes, I knew my brother was a pedophile. And then he tells a story about the uh, you know B and his stepsister when he was like how old? Half sister. Yeah, half sister. Yeah, and he was. And she was six years old. No, and I thought she was four. Wasn't she four? She was. Um, I think he said that she was six when he started messing around. Oh, okay. But she was young, younger than both of them because she right. was half sister, and um, he said that you know. He messed around with her, but the parents were always gone and he was left to take care of her. And that's what he did. So he goes, oh, I knew my brother was a pedophile. Well, then why are you not saying anything? Right, what? exactly. That that was my problem because had he done that, all the rest of the story doesn't happen. You know, his his wife is very hugely to blame too. And I don't know if... They, it sounded like an abuse thing to me, didn't it? That to you, the way they presented it? It sounded like to me like she was terrified of him because she right. kept begging them not to go to the police, not to do this. Please don't prosecute my husband. He's your friend. He made a mistake. He was abused as a child. He, he, she made a lot of excuses, but they never tell you what happens to this wife. They did mm -hmm. say that they were going to divorce. Did they ever talk about how old the wife was? Like, was there an age difference? No, they never said too much. So I thought I was wondering if there was like a Stockholm syndrome going on and that was like a previous abduction or something. You know, and they said that he had done things like he was a legitimate pedophile. His, yeah. She wasn't the only one, but she's the one that he got super obsessed with. And, right. And it was a lifelong obsession with, with Jan. Um, but they never mentioned what happened to his, his children. They never mentioned what happened to the wife. They didn't go into detail. They did show a picture of her, and they did say her name. But you can't even find any information about them on the Internet. Mm -hmm. They're pretty much – I don't know if she yanked them and changed names or what she did, but they, you can't find anything about them on the Internet even at all. Mm. It's it's like that much of a like undercover. That's crazy, yeah. He calls the brother, and he tells his brother that – they are in Mexico, and he wants to marry this 12-year-old girl. He does marry her in Mexico, but he wants to come back to the United States and legally marry her. Now, he's already married to this other woman with five kids. I think it's, it's four or five. Was yeah, it it? Like that. I thought it was five, but maybe not. I think it's five, too. But he has these other kids, and he's already married, but... This right away should tell you something is definitely mentally wrong. If he's mm -hmm. abducting a kid, taking off, he's got a house full of kids, a wife, and he wants to come back and get married. Now, he is of a, a religion where they do have multiple wives. 
But that wasn't what he was asking. He wanted to live a life with this girl. So the brother calls them and tells them that. He tells them, my brother will bring her back if he can marry her. He's in Mexico and he won't return to the United States until you say that he can marry your 12-year-old daughter. So is this the first or the second this one? The first. Oh, yeah, because I thought the alien thing was first. Yeah, that's all part of it. I'm, I'm oh, 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 I got you. I got you. So he had, he had abducted her and said they were going to ride horses. And she had gotten very, very tired on the way there. He had given her, given her an allergy pill. Which he had done previously. Yeah, he had given her. It's been a regular thing. On vacation, he gave her an allergy pill. He and and she started acting funny, and everybody thought maybe she was sick. So he took her back to the room to lay down, and that's when she said this: the first time she actually saw him with nothing on. Right. Was during then, but she didn't tell anybody except her sister until later. So nobody knew. Right. But she got very tired. And she heard strange noises and strange talking to her and whatever. And when she woke up, he was all beat up and bloody looking. Like he had done something to himself. And he had told her that they, uh, the aliens told them, the aliens told him that she was supposed to have a baby for the save the planet and save her family and everything else. And, and it was her mission to do this before she was 16 years old or everybody was going to die. Basically she was supposed to have some savior of the planet or something. Right. And she's 12. Well, first, first there was that like the tape recorder, right? With the aliens talking to her. Yeah. And I found her that like the person that's going to help her is like in the other room. And that's when she walks in and sees him. So it's like this whole like it's this whole whole alien thing. Like so now he has her convinced, basically brainwashed, that she's going to have to be on this mission um, to save the planet Earth and save. <laughs> it's a mess. But he, but she, he ends up having sex with her, but. She says it's only like so far he goes in. So, of course, he doesn't do anything that could be detected at that time. Nowadays, they'd have been able to tell. Right. But then that wasn't something that they could tell. And, you know, so he could get away with doing these horrible things. Well, eventually they, they get caught because, the, you know, they, they know where they are. He called the brothers. So they know they're in Mexico. They can kind of track them down now. Um, and they caught him take him to jail. He bribes a guard to bring this girl to his prison cell to tell her and basically brainwash her more to say, um, we're on this mission and we have to stay with this mission. And like, I didn't hear it. So I, that was, that must've been after I turned it off. I didn't see that part. Yeah. He, he, he bribes a guard to bring her to the thing and says, you know, we've got to stick to the mission or, something terrible is going to happen and and the parents fly down immediately and come and get her since he's been caught he's going to be extradited her parents and she's so brainwashed because stockholm syndrome obviously oh. she thinks there's this mission they have to complete that uh she says well what's going to happen to be we have to bring him back with us and the parents said absolutely not we're not bringing him back he kidnapped you he's going to have to stay on trial and he's going to have you know this is the, she was 
devastated. They brought her back home. She's in this depression thinking everybody's going to die because she can't complete this mission because she's only a 12 year old girl. And this is back before there's internet, before there's widespread cable television. Before, So she's a naive 12 year old kid when 12 year old right. kids were 12 year old kids. You know what I'm saying? So this is when I get like super pissed <laughs> because he um, ends up, he gets sentenced to serve five years in jail, but that was later dropped down to 45 days. So I don't know how you get from five years in jail. How do you only get five? You get 45 and then he only served 10 days. Well, that makes sense. So we went from five years, and how do you only get five kidnapping a kid? Well, that's what I'm saying. That was only five years. Yeah, and, but he only ended up getting literally got dropped to 45 days. And the wife didn't want them to prosecute. That She went to the, the, the parents' home and asked them to please ask for leniency. He made a mistake. He was abused child. He's going to go to therapy, uh, yada, 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 whatever. And he spends 10 whole days in jail and is released. Meanwhile, here's where I get super lit. He gets out of jail and he buys a fun park for kids. He is now permitted <laughs> to go buy an amusement park for children. After Abducted, and they gave the daughter physical examination and said she has not lost her virginity, even though she was raped. They determined that she wasn't. So I guess that's how he only got five years because he made a mistake. Mm -hmm. and so he, he buys a fun park for kids and the girl's begging to go down and work for him. And the mother puts her on a plane and lets her go down to this place and work for him. He continues his path of, uh, you know, alien servitude by continuing to rape this 12 year old girl. Unreal. If your mind's not blown by now, just wait. There's more. Because <laughs> there's more. So he goes into therapy. She, the kid comes back. She wants to marry him. She wants to do all this stuff. He's got kids passing her notes in school to go to this phone booth and take phone calls. And then they had this alien voice on the phone because he was using the voice changer recorder thing to, to talk to her. So she literally thinks she's talking to aliens who are telling her to be with this guy. He's put tape recorders in her bedroom. He goes to the parents' And he says, you know, I've made a mistake. And uh, I was abused as a child. I was ignored. I was this and I was that. And I was the other thing. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says, I'm going to a therapist. And the therapist suggested a therapy where I listen to this tape and I lay in bed next to your daughter several nights a week. Oh, see, now that was all part of what I watched. I thought that was before the first. Abduction. So that was that it jumps around. Oh, okay, I must have missed that. And I thought that was before. It jumps, it jumps around. Which is bad enough. Yeah. But he's already abducted this kid, and now he's going to 
lay in bed next to her and and what? <laughs> he right. was, and he was listening to tape while he was right. Yeah, he had yeah, he had the tape playing. A tape from this therapist that turned out to not be a therapist. He wasn't yeah. a legally practicing therapist. No, it was uh, it was revoked, wasn't it? Yeah, they had. He, he was the, it was revoked. He was revoked. So he was practicing because he was a crackpot, is what it was. He was a nut job. Right. Telling these pedophiles that the way to beat being a pedophile is to be a pedophile. Like, it, you don't. Right. The way to be stop being scared of snakes is to go into a snake pit. And get bit. And get bit. <laughs> I, I, I question what goes on in Idaho other than potatoes when I hear these stories that came out of this town of people. And it just escalates from there because the girl gets very depressed. She believes she is supposed to do this. And this is what, so she disappears again. She disappears um, in August, uh, uh, November in 1976. So from August to November, she's gone. They find a letter in her room that says she you know, is history. She's not going to, you know, not going to be around, you know, she's tired of their religion. She's tired of their rules and their morals. <laughs> in the meanwhile, before that even happened, here's where we have to get into some seriously effed up brainwashing. Oh boy, here we go. You think that, yeah, we got to get into this because this is an important part of the story. So first off, um, B and the mother end up getting into a um, a physical sexual relationship. That was two years before the abduction of um, right? Yeah, yeah. This is before the the abduction started. And, and boy, wasn't it fun to hear her talk about it? Oh, it was disgusting. She talked about it like she actually liked it. Yeah, exactly. Even I mean, even even that even when it was filmed, right? She yeah. liked what she was still like the family even talking about him for the documentary were still enthralled by this terrible I don't think the, I don't think the dad was I think the dad I think the dad was ashamed I think I think the dad was really ashamed and realized how screwed up it was now here's what I found out about the thing with the dad is he seemed so reluctant when he was talking about it and seemed almost like he was still in kind of a shock about it. Well, guess what? His family did not know that he had a homosexual tryst of sorts with this guy too. His family didn't know. Like his, like kids, you mean? His wife and kids. Gotcha. Did it really 100% know what happened? Mm -hmm. It was in the FBI paperwork. And the lady that filmed the documentary uh, actually had all the paperwork because it's unsealed now. Right. So she had everything that the FBI had, and that was in the FBI paperwork. Mm. He, um, B, called the father and mother and he told the mother, oh, your husband's gay. And she says, well, I don't believe you. I don't know how you would say that. Was well, because he was bribing the husband to keep quiet and to not press charges on him and to not do anything because he gave him a hand job in the car. Yeah, well, not, not bribe, you blackmail him, right? Like, yeah, black, yeah black, not bribe. I meant right. 
And the story, the story that the dad, how that all happened was just like, are you kidding me? Right? Like the whole, it's just like high school boys. What high school did you go to? Yeah, he was like, it's just like, it's just a kid's thing. It's like a school thing. I never did that, did you? No. <laughs> like, like so, so the short version of the story is that they were, I don't forget where they were driving to, but they were driving somewhere, right? And yeah, they were driving somewhere. And and B was very like ready to to do stuff. And he basically asked me, he's like, my wife's not, you know, helping me with this and I just need relief. And could you just reach over and, you know, help me? Like your hand, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like uh, part where is this real? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed too, I don't know. Dad did a little. He was like, wait a minute. And he was like, come on, it's just what kids do. Okay. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, nice. <laughs> Let me help you out a little bit, brother. It doesn't work, uh, like that, but apparently it did. No. So I thought it was strange in the documentary. And I thought maybe the dad just has a ton of regret. He made a bad decision. No, they didn't, the documentary people didn't know how to tackle this. And when they were talking about it, he came clean when they were talking about it. And he had never spoken to anybody but the FBI about it before. So that was the first time he had ever said it out loud. And he knew his family was going to know after he said it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he has that kind of, like, you can tell, like, the mother seemed like all this, but the dad seemed a little, like, almost, like, scared while he was saying it. Right, and it wasn't fear. It was it was actual legit. My family's gonna find out. Everything's got to come out. I'm coming clean. Right, fear, not like you know. So that was the first time he had ever said that. Hmm. So he basically, in his own head, um, knew that he put his daughter in danger because back in the '70s, if that would have got out that this business owner and family man was gay it would have been an issue it would have closed right. business and it right. closed his family and you know and and it wasn't something that like he wasn't in some kind of major ongoing relationship that they said but it was enough that it would have affected his entire existence right right so this guy had already planted the seed to brainwash everybody in this family before the abduction even happened so he held this entire family in his hand and just played games with them. And apparently that's what he did with everyone in his life. So, you know, take it as what you will, but they, he was basically, and he even told the wife, I'm going to out your husband as a homosexual. And she argued with them about it. But in the film, he would come clean and said that, yeah, this is what right. So now we're coming um, up to August in 1976, and she's gone again. The mother and B talk. Now he was in jail, if I recall, for something. Was it a probation violation or something? I can't. I remember. think so. I don't remember. Something weird. He was in jail, and he was talking to the mother, and she was asking him, have you heard from Jan? Because she's still missing. And she kept saying that she wanted to marry you, and now she's not here. And 
He said, oh, she called me and she's getting her money the hard way on the street. She's prostituting. She's on drugs. So now the family's hysterical because they think that this girl is like cracked out on this right. California somewhere and she's hooking and she's doing all these things. But what it really comes down to is she was abducted by B again for a second time. He had taken her to an all girls Catholic school and enrolled her in a Catholic school and said, uh, you know, there, there was some hostage crisis and things going on in the seventies that he was involved in and that they were not to let this child out or say anything about her name because there may be people coming to look and hurt her because of him, the father. Right. Fact of the matter is he was hiding her away and continuing to groom her in this all girls Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So bad the situation was that the FBI originally couldn't even get her out because they thought that this was tied in with all these hostage. Right. Right. So even the FBI had a hard time getting her out of there. So he not only once, but twice abducted this girl. Unreal. This whole story I can't believe the next part. And I don't know how far you got there. Cause I know you can only get into about half of it. Yeah. You already passed right. Well, I ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to love this part. So the girl comes back with her family. She had called them on the phone and, um, and she, they asked when she was coming back and she's, you know, was kind of avoiding the question. You could tell she kind of snuck out to make a call. Mm-hmm. And they asked if she had heard from B and she had said a few weeks ago and she still wanted to marry him and all this stuff like this. And the FBI traced her down to the school and she came home. And what had happened was um, her father's store shortly afterwards had been burned down and they all had gone down there and it was an arson. B had paid two men to burn the father's store to the ground because he couldn't have the daughter. Nice. Yeah. So he just continues to keep destroying this family. And, and this girl is blaming herself. She thinks this is my fault because all these bad things are happening because I'm going off of the mission that I'm on. So she Uh, thinks, you know, she thinks that this is because she's not following what she's supposed to be following. Now she gets to be 16 years old and she wants to go away to a camp for um, like an art, like an art, like performance art camp, mm-hmm. 16 years old. They send her away and she's still thinking, well, now I've hit my 16th birthday and I am not pregnant. I am not, you know, I haven't done anything. And she still thinks something is going to happen, going to happen. that badly brainwashed. And he had told her if, if she couldn't complete the mission, they were going to move on to her other sister and her other sister, and she was going to lose her eyesight, and her father was going to be killed. There was all these horrible things that were going to happen. Right. So she's away at this camp. Her parents said, you know, it's been a little while since this happened. We have to start giving you some freedom so you can start living your life, basically, and moving on from this. And they thought getting her involved in a activity that was, you know, school that was, like, kind of confined would be good. So she goes off to this camp. And she meets a boy who has a crush on her and the boy buys her an ice cream and she starts to kind of question everything that's going on. And she, um, 
the boy buys her an ice cream and her, she talked to her mother and her mother said, oh, the dogs are sick. Um, they must've eaten something. All the dogs are sick. And then she thought, oh my God, it's because this boy did this, that they, now they oh. dogs. So just these things, just everything. And you can see how badly she's brainwashed. And um, the next day her mother calls and said there wasn't, dogs are better, they're fine. They just ate something bad. She wanted to come home. She thought she'd come home and her sister was blind. Devin, it got so bad that she says, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna tell my sister about this. And if she can't fulfill the mission, I'm gonna kill both of us so that wow. everything will stop. She was trying to get a gun. She was that brainwashed that wow. she, that if she didn't take out herself and her sister, the entire family was going to be destroyed. Eventually she, she, you know, she realized that nothing else was happening. She came home, she was past her 16th birthday, nothing had happened. This, you know, she had talked to this boy, nothing had happened. She comes home, her sister's mowing the grass, like nothing happened. Everybody's fine. That's when she starts to put together in her head. I think that he worked me. Right. And, that's when everything kind of starts to change for her. So this guy never fully ends up disappearing. Her mother and her write a book about what had happened. And they had left out some things in the book, like the affair with the mother. And of course. All that stuff wasn't in the book. They were trying to make a book so you would be aware of people that manipulate your family and brainwash children. Right, right. What the book was basically about. This guy has the balls to come out against the book on the news on the, she was a willing participant. She was like, he uh, literally came out enough. So she had to take him to court to get a restraining order as an adult. She's now an adult. She has to face this man again in court to get a restraining order against him. And he said, you want to make this into a movie and you want to make money off of this and you want to, and she says, no, I want to warn people about people like you. Uh -huh. You did. And she says, you should apologize. You should apologize. Yeah, at me. least, right? <laughs> she had the opportunity to kind of really lay into him in court. And the judge honored her. Instead of a restraining order that only goes for so long, because usually they, they'll expire. Right. She got a lifetime restraining order against him. Lifetime restraining Good. Except that didn't work either. Of course not. Of course not. Because you can't restrain a complete idiot. You can't restrain somebody that's completely mental. So she's at a book signing and a speaking at a school. And she, the people that are with her are, um, they have a, uh, uh, it's like Bikers Against Child Abuse is the name of the group. Mm -hmm. And they protect abuse victims and children and things from their abusers. And they were with her at this, this book signing, at the speaking that she was doing. Right. He shows up. He not only shows up, but he starts jawjacking with them, fighting with them. He gets in the car and hits one of them with the car. Yeah. The police show up. He's got a gun. Oh, of course. A loaded weapon in the car. So they get him, they get him on three felony counts and two misdemeanors. He's finally found guilty of something after he almost kills one of these bikers that's protecting her. Right. They're going to send him to jail. He decides he's going to overdose on drugs and kill himself because he's not going to go and, and sit in jail. He, in his mind, he doesn't think he did anything wrong because he thinks he can do whatever he wanted. 
So the brother said, yeah, he killed himself, but you know, those bikers recognized him and went after him. Why was he breaking his restraining order to go after this? Girl? Yeah, the brother, man. Oof. And the brother is just like making excuses for him. Oh, well, he was a pedophile. Oh, well, he was, well, you know what? Yeah, but you yeah. Know, you're allowing this to happen. He's an accomplice in a way, right? Like, and he just so smugly goes, well, you know, he's my brother. Well, yeah, he's your brother. But you know what? You don't allow that to happen. And the fact right. that he, he decided that instead of go sit in jail, he was going to kill himself instead of paying for what he did. He didn't want to apologize to her. He didn't want to do these things. But he spent the majority of her life harassing and bothering her. And here's where now we have explained the whole scenario. Now everybody knows we explained everything that occurred. What the hell? I mean, can we pick this apart a little bit now that uh, we've gotten? Wait, so this is the part because I, I didn't get to this part. So did he actually overdose himself? Was he? He overdosed himself. Okay. And died, but he left this whole big open wound of what he did. Right. No, I get that. To the end, I wasn't sure if he. Yeah, he, actually he was successful in that. Okay. Yeah, he ended his, he overdosed. I think it was on heart medication. He had a bad heart. He overdosed on heart medication to shut his heart down and died. So he never served that last sentence, but they found out he had other child molestation charges and he just kept getting around everything. Yep. He only served 10 days here, 10 days there. Finally, they nailed him on three felonies, two misdemeanors, and he kills himself so he doesn't have to serve his time and doesn't have to answer for what he right. did. Right, so Deb, we've gone over everything that's happened basically in this documentary. Now we got to get to the part where we're going to break it down, but we've already been on for an hour. So what we're going to do is we're going to get back to everybody next week with part two of this. And I'm going to let Devin like rip on this mother like you've never seen before. Oh, I'm just, mm. Make sure you go watch it. This gives everybody an opportunity that haven't seen it to go watch it. We'd love to hear what you guys think, and we want to put your opinions on the show. So after you listen to the show and you've watched it, send us over a message, tweet us, DM me, email, email Devin. Let us know. We'd love to put your comments on the show, guys. And listen, let, let us know, aside from B, who's the biggest jerk-off on the show? Yeah, I need okay. Who is the biggest ass? Yeah, we need, we need to know. So, guys, get back with us next week right here on Twitch, right here on the Big Veto brand, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. This has been a production of the Big Veto brand. You can now check us out at our new home, thebigvetobrand.com.